RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Trek Files, Season 5, Episode 23. Star Trek, Opening Narration, August 2nd, 1966. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, happy Star Trek Day, everybody. Yes, I'm talking to you, Star Trek fans, you history fans. Hey, all of our canonistas, I say that lovingly, all of our Star Trek historian fans, and of course, all of our Trekophiles spelled with an F. We've got a special one today. It's a special day, but it's good for listening all year round, too. We're going to dive right to one of the one of the pivotal moments of what we think of as Star Trek and, and the appeal that it has for everyone. So, hey, go check out our documents, as always, right there on the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash the Trek Files. Take a listen to this audio sample and then come right back and we'll dive in with this week's guest. Gene, think the narration needs more drama. Follows an example of what I mean. It's about 15 to 17 seconds. Kirk's voice. Space. The final frontier. Endless. Silent. Waiting. This is the story of the United Spaceship Enterprise. Its mission. A five-year patrol of the galaxy. To seek out and contact all alien life. To explore to travel the vast galaxy where no man has gone before, a Star Trek. That's right. You're all all astronauts on some kind of a Star Trek. (laughs) I don't know, it doesn't get much more Star Trek than this, and so who better to speak, who better to talk with me about it this week is our good friend of the show and our producer. Uh, You know him from Mission Log, of course, John Champion, John. Uh, this is perfect for Star Trek Day, and and as I said, listening all year round, too. It is, yeah. Happy Star Trek Day, September 8th, uh, as, of course, what we mark as the, the mm-hmm. anniversary of the public premiere of Star Trek, the broadcast yes. premiere of Star Trek. And... And we just kind of overlooked that revelation that Canada had it two days early. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, that the Gene had his uh, his uh, convention screening that went over so well a few days right. before oh, that. Sneak peeks but, don't yeah, count. Sneak peeks right, don't right, count, right. right. But, yeah, I mean, look, this is one of those iconic—it is hard to overstate how iconic saying mm-hmm. space, the final frontier— really is and then uh, bookending that with where no man or later on where Mm -hmm. no one has gone before these are just in a few short words so iconic so indelibly linked to star trek that nobody anywhere can write those words in that order ever again without it being associated Mm -hmm. with star trek and here we get to see the genesis of that the, the the birth of that ever so important monologue it's it's really interesting that we've got these documents and again they're they start with it doesn't have his name on them but we start with like gene's first notes and i should point out that <laughs> uh we don't have the narrative here but bob justman was more than happy to remind for the world <laughs> that once again he had to go in and scream at gene in the early days pound on his desk to get him to do this 
apparently, this is August. They'd been shooting the first season. You know, they had two pilots down, obviously, mm -hmm. which did not have the opening narration, right? Very famously. Right. You see the actual openings to the cage in Where No Man. They're very quick, especially Where No Man is very Quinn Martin-y. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. with the axe and all that. <laughs> yes. But, um... But this one, they decided to have a narration. The closest thing I can think of back in the day was, you know, Dragnet. This is the city, Los Angeles, California. Yeah, you know? yeah. It, it is a little I mean, bit of a... it was a style from then. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of a dated thing to have an opening, literally a mission statement at the mm -hmm. beginning of your show. And, and much less one than that you would keep throughout the entire series because... This grew out of favor. Not only did that grow out of favor, long opening credit sequences went out of favor. Uh, the longer TV is around, and, and nowadays, as of our recording, you know, the average TV opening might be 10 seconds, 15 seconds. It's rare that you get a show mm -hmm. that has a full, as they do on modern Star Trek, you know, a full orchestral, a, a, you know, the full cast listed at the top. Um, but you look at a lot of network shows and it's just not like that anymore. Um, I always, uh, to me, sort of the, the apex of the overwritten show opening is uh -huh. everything that Sid and Marty Croft did in the in the early seventies, like oh, that was Saturday morning. It didn't count. It was, oh, it wait. was, but but <laughs> but you get across the entire premise of the show, everything about it, everybody in it. You watch mm -hmm. the opening to Lidsville, and you think like, okay, I'm a minute into this. Surely here's the end. Nope, nope. Here's another verse to this song to explain every <laughs> single thing that happens. But it, you know, we, well, we make light of it, but but here it is in its best form when you're getting across, in a very poetic way, getting across what the show is about. Well, right, and I, my mind is just spinning here. Yeah, there's the, there's the voiceover narration. There's the, as, as you said, though, there's the incorporated in the theme song. Some of the apex, the api <laughs> of that might even be, you know, the Gilligan's Island, the Brady Bunch, sure. some of these classic themes that people Tell love. Tell yes. the whole story. <laughs> right, yeah. Here's the story of a lovely lady. But... But it's at least they're incorporating it in a theme where they're like they're 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 killing two birds with one stone for the archaic phrase. Mm -hmm. They're getting two things out. The the spoken narration, I, I didn't watch it a lot, but like Naked City, there are a million stories in the Naked City. Right. Right. And and even maybe the odd couple, you know, on November twenty fifth, Oscar Madison mm -hmm. was asked to remove himself from his place of residence. That request came from his wife. Yeah, I mean, and they yeah. used that all the way through. But the and it was I think it was more on shows that we don't think of <laughs> maybe the shows that did it was a thing and then they've gone away and yeah certainly yeah. star trek's is the most um iconic and here we've got bob though they've decided to go with a voiceover right somewhere along the way past the pilots mm -hmm. to tell the story each week as they're coming out of the gate and uh, in those early days and weeks and to hook viewers even though they would have a teaser and come to this right they would have a teaser scene and then maybe give you context from the teaser that you weren't familiar. You know, think early days Star Trek as a whole new concept. Right. But what's fascinating is here's Gene's draft after Bob finally pounded loud enough and long enough. <laughs> you got Gene's draft, a second draft, and then John D.F. Black, who gets forgotten, who was the first yeah. quote-unquote showrunner or first head writer under Gene who was doing the, the yeoman's work of writing and also, like, making a unified voice to all the script. Right. And... Well well, yeah, the the, the yeah. things that I love about and then this, Bob Justman. Yeah, I would say yeah. it, it's the people involved. So Bob Justman and John D. F. Black and Gene going back and forth. And 
I think what's so much fun about this is it's all happening in one day. <laughs> yes, check the date. Yeah, so often yeah. You, you look at a script or a story draft or whatever, and it, it could just be months, it can be years, certainly weeks, you know, but sometimes from from original idea to the thing that ends up on the screen, it can take a long time to get there. Here, you just feel like, okay, everybody showed up at work, they were ready to do something else, and then somebody had to come in and say, no, finish this. This has to be finished. Now get it done. We are not leaving here until this is done. And they did. So I love that, that they knocked it all out in a day. But I also love that what we see in this collection of documents is getting it right from beginning mm -hmm. to end. They made all the good decisions about what to end up. And that, that might be a little bit of hindsight because here we are now 50 years later and we go, of course, right. that's iconic. Of course, that fits. Of course, when we think of Star Trek, we think of those opening words. But imagine how it would have been if they had messed this up and gone with <laughs> what I think are some really poor choices here. So there's one... Well, the clunky and on the nose. Yeah, and, and there's right, one here right. that immediately you go, well, you have to kill that. One of the lines is, you know, for the, the mission of the Enterprise to regulate commerce. <laughs> and I just think, wow, uh, the, the only science fiction property that I know that got it that badly was in uh, Star Wars The Phantom Menace. You, you sit there and it's been 20 years since you've seen Star Wars on the big, well, not quite 20 years, but you go there to watch it on the big mm -hmm. screen and the opening crawl goes by and it's no longer the excitement of the rebellion and a time of civil war. It's, oh, <laughs> there's a Federation trade dispute about taxes. Great, I'm gonna go to the snack bar and uh, I'll see you all in two hours, yeah. I can tell who was a disappointed little boy when that. <laughs> yes, yes, just a little bit. Yeah, you know you're in for you something were... very different. But the things that they have right here in that same draft, exploring strange new worlds and civilizations, mm -hmm. it's a great addition to that line. And they're also playing around a little bit with the words. So United mm -hmm. Spaceship Enterprise. And finally, it's in Gene's handwritten notes where he really, he circles it, Starship. This is the right word for this. We have to call it starship. Right, you know? right, right, down at the end. And all, yeah. you know, nowhere in here, uh, as they're, again, they're bounding this around in one day. Some pieces are floating, they come back around. If you mm -hmm. look, now he didn't come up with the phrase, you could, it's been tracked, folks have practiced. It looks like John's uh, first take, he has space, the final frontier. Yes. And then he yeah. even takes it out on his second draft, yeah. his second go to make it shorter. But the final frontier is the state nickname for Alaska. It was floating around. <laughs> They've tracked it back to an early NASA White House document when, you know, in the Eisenhower years from 58, the early days of the space program here in the States, as space, the final frontier. So it was one of those, you know, Kennedy-esque, early Rice Stuff Day kind of phrases yeah. that was out there. Yeah. Um, and it's romantic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and the final frontier isn't even Alaska. It's out in space. The Earth is is old and known and washed up as far as something exciting and new. Right, uh, right. Oceanographers might dispute that and some of the polar folks and the, you know, but as far as catching your imagination and it's the, yeah, the word choice, what, what got me is nowhere in any of these, we talk about the story of the enterprise, the people of the enterprise, mm -hmm. nowhere in here do they use the word voyages, which not only gives you that nautical feel but it's just more romantic yeah. than saying, oh, here's the story. Here's the log books. Here's yeah. the, you know, whatever. And 
we do know, and thankfully, Bob Justman, uh, his wonderful book, if, if everyone hasn't seen that, he and Herb Solo, mm-hmm. don't forget Herb Solo in this mix, but Bob assembled these documents too and kind of gave a running narrative, aside from the gotta do it now, also notes that it was not until August 10th mm-hmm. that they actually grabbed Shatner during the filming of of uh, Dagger of the Mind, actually, on August on August 10th. So days later, they actually go in to find time to record it, yeah. rehearse it, and if I can take Bob at his word here, basically did it in one take and then decided to add the reverb. But nowhere in any of these paper drafts do we see, um, do we see the final version, but Bob is crediting here Gene coming up with the final, you know, that we hear so, that we know so well. Because none of these drafts really get to it, but it's fascinating to see the phrases floating around and, and coming back and recycling and people rejuggling and, you know, even Gene, even his last, uh, these hand notes here on, on Bob's yeah, trying to get this wrangled and, 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 and done with. You know, what was the famous thing that I, I think it was David Gerald that said about Gene is that, you know, he could take a a mediocre script and make it great. He could take a great script and make it mediocre. <laughs> now, in this case, in this case, Gene is making great decisions. He's picking the absolute best phrases mm-hmm. and word combinations here to to give it some poetry, to give it some life. And I'm so glad that they struck uh, from the earliest drafts here from what John D.F. Black wrote, ending it with a Star Trek. Because look, we all give Zephyrm Cochran a little pass by the time we got to first contact with mm-hmm. Next Gen. We give the show a little bit of a pass that you can say the word Star Trek. Okay, it's our little in-joke. It's it's you know decades later, but I once think, 30 years later. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But I, I think if you would if you would land it on that in the actual opening narration of every show, it really would have felt cheesy and on the nose. And thank goodness they did not go with that inspiration here. Yeah. And 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 Bob also has the document uh, the document where he talks about planning the visuals for the opening theme too mm, because mm. basically what they did was instead of saying Star Trek on the nose they hang you there where no one has gone before no man has gone before and that's what happens in the what happens in the sequence that's when you whoosh Enterprise flies by and deposits Star Trek there on the yeah, screen. Right. As I think Bob said as glowing celestial turds or something. <laughs> Of course, that's his words, not mine. <laughs> yes, yes, but uh, but yeah, I mean this this the whole concept, something as simple. What would start? What would all the kids all those years after school in the seventies and eighties, if if you hadn't sat down and okay, fine, this is a, a, a grabber of a teaser. Yeah, but if you didn't have that mantra every day and those visuals in that order, the words and the visuals, mm-hmm. um, would it have had? Is quite the spell, but well, as many people have been hooked so quickly, so so on Moss with the with the critical mass, you know, would the would it have gone? Would it, the ratings have skyrocketed for those local stations if it hadn't had this this mantra every day that you could you yeah. could hook into and say, you know, when the, when we hit the pandemic and people were first trying to, you know, the the, the health advice was to you know wash your hands twenty seconds. Somebody remember this? Somebody yes, very yes. early up came with just say the Star Trek opening, opening voiceover. Yes. It's twenty seconds. That's it. How many That's would that have worked? Right, right. <laughs> if we'd talked about regulating commerce 
that would have been awful. Well, yeah, it, it's so cool to see this come together and and be that 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 early draft and and finally we're finding the right words. And how could they have known back then, fifty plus mm. years ago? Wow, this is something that is iconic. This is something that will forever be part of the fabric, part of the DNA of the show. And of course, you know, you fast forward up to next gen, you have to have it again. You have to, mm -hmm. because that, that helps to tie this back to the original. So um, it's just a great right. little peek at a very specifically a day in history when all of this <laughs> came together. August second should be yes the new new Star <laughs> Trek should, day. We should yeah. we should celebrate that as Happy Star Trek Voiceover Day. Right. Uh, opening theme. Yeah, John, thanks for bopping in and, uh, and talking about this. Um, maybe sometime we'll analyze the the script by script storyboards <laughs> for the opening theme and Sandy Courage's music. I All of it goes that. together to tie us to walk to walk us in, but nothing yeah. quite like uh, quite like the words. Right. All right. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. Now, all of our documents and your chance to comment are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. Now, for more great podcasts, check out podcast.roddenberry.com. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47. That's me, edlerinimacek.com. Trek well, everybody. Roddenberry.com, the Roddenberry Podcast Network.